Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and today is a very special episode because I'm going to be talking with one of my very own co-authors in the upcoming book, Moments That Matter, Ashell. Ashell is a professional writer and artist who explores the human ability to shape our own experiences through the little things in life. I love that. I'm so excited to talk to her. So buckle up. It's going to be a fun episode. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Oh, thank you for having me, Jenna. I'm so excited. I love that you talk about the little moments. Mm -hmm. And I just um, finished reading your chapter in the book. And I I have to tell you, I adore the focus of your chapter. I love that you're all about, you know, celebrating just getting into the arena. You know, on the show, I talk a lot about like, because my story happens to be like a big national news event, people think like their stories don't compare or the hard days that they have don't compare. And I've done enough comparing myself. <laughs> with my own story. So I always say like, if it's hard for you, it's hard. It doesn't matter what the external looks like to other people, like it's affecting you. So therefore it is challenging. So I love that you're like focusing in on the little, the little stories. What is it about this that made you want to write in moments that matter? Well, um, I, I sort of had half of the story written already. So um, the story, in um, for those that haven't read it yet, um, starts with a little bit about the uh, 2019 NBA finals, semi-conference or semi-finals, conference semi-finals. And um, there was a moment where one of the basketball players, Kawhi Leonard, um, kind of the whole game fell on his shoulders, the whole series fell on his shoulders. And I had written this this piece because that moment in time struck me as very relatable to everybody because we all have this sort of moment in time in our lives where we kind of say, oh my gosh, it's all on my shoulders, everything's on me. And you know, in reality, it really isn't. And so that sort of, I held on to this story for several years, obviously it's 2013. Uh, 2013. It's 2023. Um, I get it. I don't know what day it is either. Don't worry. (laughs) But um, I held on to the story for a while. And when moments that matter came up, I thought that's, that's really what this, that particular scenario was about. And then I was challenged to sort of put myself into the story. And I realized, you know, that I sort of like everybody out there have moments where, you know, we, feel like everything is on our shoulders and and it's all up to us. And sometimes we get afraid and we don't want to sort of step into whatever arena it is, right? We we sort of want to hold back and we doubt ourselves and we say, well, maybe we're not good enough or we're not pretty enough or we're not talented enough or we don't, you know, whatever the case is, right? Or even as parents, right? And so it's just really about stepping in anyway. And and just showing up, just showing up, stepping in Mm -hmm. to the arena, to whatever that is. And 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 knowing that you're you're going to be fine. You know, I think that's the key. Right. It's like knowing you're going to be fine, because in those moments, I don't know about y'all, but it feels like you're not going to be oftentimes. And 
I, I always try to remember the, I can't remember the exact quote, but where they're like, you've survived every trying time in your entire life. So you have a hundred percent track record, like you're still here. So sure. clearly every single one of those times where you thought it wasn't going to work out or did you weren't going to survive, or it was so heavy, you're still here. Mm-hmm. So therefore you got this. Mm-hmm. It may not feel like it, but you do. I love that. I think that that's such an important and awesome message. And um, what was it about like this specific, because there are moments like that throughout history, mm-hmm. you know, where like that particular topic is exemplified. What was it about this basketball game that like <laughs> really sat with you that I was reading the chapter and I was like, I'm so curious about this. <laughs> So I like basketball. Um, I married a basketball player. My sons play basketball. Ah. So I do like basketball. Um, gotcha. and I, think, I think out of all, uh, you know, out of all the sports, the thing uh, watching my sons go through and, and watching their experiences playing youth basketball all the way through high school, I think it's one of those sports where it really is truly, it's a team sport. And there are players like you know, like uh, the Michael Jordans of the world or whatever that are really, you know, super good and everybody's, you know, kind of all about them. And we sometimes forget that they are not as good without the rest of the team behind them, feeding the ball in and all that good stuff for those that are basketball fans. (laughs) No, it's so true. I love that. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. That's okay. I was just going to say that, that that particular game and that particular moment just seemed so monumental at the time. And the fact that this player, Kawhi Leonard, could, um, you know, just he managed to be cool and he managed to get the, you know, make the shot, which sent the entire stadium uh, into pandemonium, including <laughs> myself, including myself. Um, but, um, you know, I just think we don't need to be in that kind of arena in order to, you know, have the same thought process and 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 understand that it was every moment up until that point that made that that made the difference, and including yeah. that moment that made the difference. Um, so, yeah. isn't that so interesting? Right? It's like you think about um, celebrating those little victories that when you're in them just seem insurmountable, like honestly getting, you know, your kids to school some days, I'm sure I'm not a parent myself, but I babysat a lot when I was little. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to wrangle these four kids and get them to bed on time? Like those, those little things, they are team efforts and Mm -hmm. you think they're impossible, but everybody comes together and you, you can celebrate those tiny little victories too, especially if it is getting someone to, you know, show up for something on time. You don't know how that's going to affect the rest of their lives. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you meet somebody. um, I always think about this, like whenever I'm running late, I'm like, either you're avoiding a mishap or you're setting yourself up for a super cool experience because you've now, you're now three minutes late to work and you happen to run into the CEO and, you know, like those types of things, you just never know. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, it really is about showing up because that's the only way that you can fail is to just stay in bed. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes that's the way to win because you need self-help or self-care, but you know, (laughs) that is true. That is true. But that's a different topic for a different (laughs) podcast. This is about showing up. (laughs) This is about showing up and taking the chance, taking the chance, Uh, right. Taking the chance. And I love Mm -hmm. that you, um, wrote in my questionnaire, like, 
competitivism. So like you said that that was one of the biggest reasons you wanted to tell this story. Mm -hmm. So when you say competitivism, what do you, what do you mean? Well, the world is competitive. I mean, it just is by nature, right? This is, this is just part of being on this planet, but I think we've made it more competitive than we need to need it to be. Um, we've forgotten, we've gotten so competitive and we think about social media and you think about even your podcast, right? You're, you know, you're trying to get your podcast heard and there's a, a whole world of podcasts out there to listen to. And so you're competing <laughs> yeah, for everyone's moment in time to listen. And uh, hopefully everybody, side note, wants to listen to this particular podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and thank you. If you are, we appreciate <laughs> it very much. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just, I guess I just, uh, I think social media and all of that has really kind of made life more competitive, especially for the, you know, I'm, I'm of a certain generation. So people that are younger than I and, and our kids that are growing up today really feel the pressure of that competition to be seen and be heard and have something meaningful to say or something that other people are going to want to listen to. And it's like, I don't know, I didn't have that growing up. But what I did have, you know, I was, I was a, I joined, I was a, I was an athlete wannabe, right? I, I was, (laughs) oh my gosh, I love that. What does that mean? (laughs) That means I joined a lot of athletics and wasn't great at any of them, but, um, and so I will explain that. And that is part of this particular piece that I wrote too, you know, I didn't write it in the piece, but what drives the thought process is when I was um, in high school still, uh, I joined the track team. Well, I was part of the volleyball team first and I couldn't get the ball over the net on a overhand serve. So off I went. And then, you know. That is hard though. In all yeah. fairness, especially if you're not tall, it's just getting yeah. that ball over the net on a, a high serve is, is a challenge. I just couldn't do it. I ran so many stairs because you had to run stairs if you couldn't make it. I, I just oh my said, you know, I said, it's not for me, I guess. So I'm having I went- a little PTSD flashback right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. Yes. Continue. (laughs) So I, uh, I ended up joining a few other things. One of those was the track team and, and, you know, I wanted to be so good, you know, I just wanted to be so good at it. And, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't fast enough. My legs just don't for whatever reason move that fast. And so listen, I applaud you for even trying. I'm famous for saying I only run if dinosaurs are chasing me. So I'm the first to go in a zombie apocalypse. Just so you know, do not be around me. (laughs) Well, I only need to run faster than the slowest person. So I'll just be in front of you, I guess. And (laughs) great. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I guess never be sorry for being funny ever. Um, my model for being on the team. Well, that's how I got through it. I kind of use a lot of humor. So my model for being on the team, and I still am friends with some of the people that were on the team with me. I was uh, nice. behind you all the way. That's kind of what I said. You know, I'm <laughs> behind you all the way. Go people. I'm cheering and, you on. <laughs> yeah, I am there. So there really was no one spot for me. I think I was on the B team for our uh, our uh, hurdles team, right? Our hurdles relay or hurdles or whatever. And, you know, I really wasn't very good at that even. So our coach needed to find a spot for me because I came to practice every day and I showed up. And I don't know if you remember the, how the track is scored, but, you know, it really is about winning, but it's also about gaining points. And you can gain points okay. just for having a number four person, you know, show up in the fourth position or whatever. Right. So you can gotcha. get a point. So the coach knew that I was game for just about anything. So I ended up and I was, <laughs> mind you, I was, um, I'm about five, six, five, 
five, seven, probably back in the day. And I, I was a twig, like there was nothing to me. And so, <laughs> um, I would, my coach decided just to put me wherever they needed a point. So whether it was running an 800, re, you know, meter run or which I didn't train for, or it was running, it was going to shoot shot put or discus, you know, and I would go over there and the girls that shoot shot are, you know, they've got really buff softball play there, you know, and they would see me come in, they would all snicker a little bit, but I showed up and guess what? I got a point for the team by just showing up. It didn't matter how far I threw the shot. It didn't matter how far I, you know, I, I got the discus. I just, needed to show up and the coach would laugh, you know, and I would laugh and I'd be like, well, it's all about technique, you know? And so, but I got the point. And sometimes that was enough to help the team win. And so from that experience alone, given all the other things that, you know, you just want to be really great at, I realized that sometimes the greatness isn't in coming across the finish line first. Um, Sometimes the greatness is in being I don't know if the word is humble enough, but I think it's being aware enough that what you do does matter. Like just showing up, doing it matters. It's not about being first. And we get so caught up in our competitive world. We've got to be first. We've got to be best. We've got to be prettiest. We've got to be skinniest. We've got to be whatever. And as women, you know, we tend to do this to ourselves a little bit. It's true. Yes. And so we kind of get so caught up in that, that we forget that sometimes it's just being in the game. It's just being in the arena, having the courage to be like, Hey, I know I'm not going to win, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I think what you described with the track is the epitome of teamwork makes the dream work, right? Not everyone can be first, Mm -hmm. but everyone can be supportive. Yeah. And as a team, you know, we can, we can, whatever the, you know, the, as a collective, we end up coming out ahead. Some people get medals, the whole team gets a trophy, whatever. But I think too, I think what else is important um, is sometimes the learning, sometimes the value in a competition of any kind, whether that's, you know, a sports competition, or maybe it's just an academic competition, not even a competition, just the competition of life. Um, sometimes the value is in what we learn about ourselves Mm. when we show up. So how we're playing that, that game, quote unquote, the game, you know, how we play that game. Yeah. It's so interesting because I always love to figure out how, what people around me are saying about their story of like is applicable to mine or, you know, our listeners or whatever. And it's fascinating to me because I, my background is film production and um, film is one of the most competitive Mm -hmm. industries in the world. Mm -hmm. But the only way to make a film is to collaborate, Mm -hmm. which I find so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like the films that are not successful in my, in my experience are the ones where the egos get in the way and everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be the best. And, and those just honestly, 90% of the time don't even get made Mm -hmm. because there's fighting that happens and then it falls apart Mm -hmm. where the films that are successful are the ones with the, you know, humble people who understand like, I'm going to do the best, my best job in Mm -hmm. my position, Mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, picking up the trash after lunch, which thank you to all the PAs because they 
kill it um, because everybody wants to work in a clean environment or, Mm -hmm. you know, setting up this shot so that the director can do their magic. Like it's, it's such a collaboration Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's fascinating to me with what you're saying, because it is this like weird dichotomy of like, we all have to work together to achieve this goal that we're then going to go out and compete with other people with, (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But same with basketball, right? It's like Mm -hmm. that team had to come together and Mm -hmm. the goal was to work as a team and Mm -hmm. become the best team. And Mm -hmm. now we're going to compete against other teams that Mm -hmm. have done that same thing. So Mm -hmm. I I think it's so interesting what you're saying about this competitivism, because I think competitivism is rampant when people aren't in environments where they have to work together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. But we are really, truly better together. We absolutely You know, so I think anybody who's been anybody who's been part of a team, whatever that looks like, whether it's athletic or it's a work work team or whatever, if you're truly being honest, you can realize that we are better together and that someone else's success doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have success. Someone else's success today is just today. Your success might be tomorrow, right? I mean, who knows? Totally. So it's just why not help one another toward that success? Um, because it absolutely really mean better. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Kate Butler, who's the publisher of Moments That Matter, the book that yeah. um Michelle and I are both in, is a perfect example of that. Like she has set up this book with co-authors, and we're all writing our own chapters. We're all, you know doing our own things. So technically it could be like, oh, I want my chapter to be better than so-and-so's or whatever. But I feel like the people that Kate brings together think I want my chapter to be the best it can possibly be so Mm -hmm. that everybody Mm -hmm. in that book wins, you know? And so it's like this team effort, but in a book, which I find so fascinating. Um, And also I've said this a million times before when I talk about Kate and her books and the people that write them, I've never in my life been in a more supportive community. Like the co-authors of Kate's books are just magical humans who want everybody to win. And they're some of the most successful people on their own, I think because of that attitude. Mm Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, um, yes, so definitely. beating a dead horse at this point, but y'all need to collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not compete with each other. Let's yeah. support each other, That's especially right. women. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go there. Especially yes. women. Yes, um, I agree. <laughs> well, I, I want to read a part of your chapter if you're okay with that, because I okay. really like loved what you had to say. And I think your writing is so beautiful. Um, And I'd love to like have a little conversation about this. So you write in there, sometimes life felt tough and heavy, Mm -hmm. big decisions, tough challenges, fearful moments. And then you write, but then the optimist in me, which of course I, you know, completely latched onto, then the optimist in me would regroup, Mm -hmm. evaluate, and try again from a smaller arena. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's so fascinating. Could you like describe a situation to exemplify what you're saying there? Because I love that you're like, Mm 
went and reevaluated and went to a smaller arena. I'd love to hear what you mean by that. Well, I, there's probably several that I could use. The one that stands <laughs> out probably in my mind the most, um, when I was uh, in my 20s, um, I was picked up by a local modeling agency. And Congrats. I, uh, so kind of fun. And um, they wanted to send me to, you know, Japan and you go build your book and you do all this, you know, big stuff. And, you know, and the future was looking bright and I had all these opportunities and I just didn't feel like it was all necessary. I really, really looked at what that meant um, and where my priorities were. And I kind of said, no. And somebody could look at it and say, well, I just didn't have the guts to go, or I just didn't have, you know, whatever. Mm. And um, in my mind, and, and so when I said no, the doors literally slammed shut. They just, it was like a, like a chain reaction. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. All of them kind of just shut. And then I was stuck like, oh, I just gave up probably the biggest opportunity of my life. Right. Um, oh, wow. And right. And so I kind of felt down a little bit. And God, felt- especially when you're 20, you're like, and that's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, oh man. And so a big dream just kind of went out the door. And then I kind of thought about it and I thought, well, wait a sec. Um, you know, my family's here. I didn't want to move away from my family. I had, you know, um, it just, just didn't want to move away. And mm-hmm. I decided, well, I'm, I can still do this. I'll just do it locally. And so I did. And I put my, oh my God, I love that. Yeah. So I put myself through college and, you know, did all of that. And there were other things too. Like I, when I got out of college, um, I had um, a job interview for like the dream job in marketing that was just, was going to be great. And I had just, on the day I graduated, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. So not very great timing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, that's life changing. It was. And I was sitting in the job interview and the guy says, you know, you can have this job. It's yours if you want it. And I said, I need 24 hours to think about it. And I went home. I cried all the way home because I knew in my heart of hearts that I could not leave my daughter. And this is my choice. I know this isn't everyone's choice, um, but for me, the idea of leaving my brand new newborn baby for eight hours a day, if not more than that, because the job was downtown, I would have had to drive. Um, just didn't sit well. And I just knew that I had to choose against what I had worked for so hard oh. to get. And, you know, I guess that was another moment where I had to kind of like get over my big dream slipping away and reevaluate why I do things. And just that's where I sort of realized that, you know, big dreams don't really go away. What they do is get pushed <laughs> down the time continuum, right? They just get pushed yeah. down the road a little way and they'll show up again in just a different way. And, you know, I was, yeah. what's important at that moment, right? Totally. I love that you're bringing this up and I had no idea it was going to steer this way, but if anybody's a frequent listener, they know I say all the time, like, like, how do I, I'm a little out of practice y'all. Um, (laughs) it's totally fine. Uh, it's like what I always say, like, what's the essence of the dream? What Mm -hmm. is it about that dream that you really want to do? Because maybe, you can do it like you're saying on a local level and it will be just as fulfilling. You Mm -hmm. know, our dreams, 
I don't, I honestly feel like you're right. They get pushed down the line, but I feel like every time they get pushed, they, they change Mm -hmm. in, in the way they look as far Mm -hmm. as like, for me, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 22 to be an actress and I love acting, but I also at that time, we didn't even have behind the scenes DVDs when I was growing up. Like I'm so old. Right. And so I didn't realize there was more positions in film and television than just like the actor and the director. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh, I want to be in film and TV. So I have to go be an actor, which again, I love. But I realized while I was out here working in the industry that like I get just as much fulfillment from doing a podcast because my joy with acting is connection. You know, like my dream was to be in a sitcom that shot on a live studio stage Mm. because of the audience. Mm -hmm. And so if I hadn't had all of those like roadblocks in my career, I wouldn't have even known that that was really my the essence of my dream. And Mm -hmm. here I am. I have my own podcast. I get to fulfill that part of the dream on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't have to wait for someone to give me permission, which is the most frustrating part of being an actor. But like my, in my opinion, y'all, yeah. Um, but like, this is my point. And I think it's what you're saying, too, is like, reevaluating what that dream really looks like. Mm-hmm. And you're not the same person you were when you were 20. So mm-hmm. of course, the dream is going to look different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I love that. I think mm-hmm. it's such an important message. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if you can believe it, we're almost out of time. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I know it's always so fun fast. when people are like, this goes so fast. I'm like, yay. Um, I hope everybody listening has enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. Um, Again, this is the Aggressive Optimism Podcast, and uh, we are here talking with Michelle um, about the topic that she writes about in the book, Moments That Matter. And as you all know, I love to give some tips and tricks. So, Michelle, when you go back and tap into your optimistic brain, which I love, in these moments of, you know, trying times, however you want to put it, what are some tips? that you could give our listeners on how you're able to like shift your viewpoint or get out of a rut or, um, you know, find that smaller arena, if you will. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's really about not seeing success as like a peak. I remind Mm -hmm. myself that success is kind of more of a plateau and that there's lots of room for everybody and there's lots of room to move around. Um, Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've never heard anybody say that. So please, if you wouldn't mind describing, I think that's really interesting. Well, if you can visualize a mountaintop or a mountain Mm -hmm. and we're all climbing up this mountain and everybody's scrambling in the traditional sense to get to the top and there's only room for one person at the top. And that's how I think traditionally we view competition. But I think really in reality, the top is just chopped off. And there's a big plateau at the top. And when we get to the top, that's the surprise. I think that we all sort of, when you get there, you realize, oh, there's room for everybody up here. 
it's really right. about, yeah, there's really, it's kind of like, it, it's just your own personal journey. And when you get to the top, um, you need to give yourself a moment to recognize when you've gotten there. And that top is, is, is anything and everything that you're working on, anything and everything in your life that you're doing, whether it's an attitude change or raising your kids or doing a job or, you know, writing a book or whatever the case is, um, you know, when you get there, just give yourself a chance to recognize that you're there and, and not be, you know, looking for the next peak because there isn't one there, there, that you're on it. You're on the, you're, you're there already and recognize your own success. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Um, is there anything else that you want our listeners to take away from this conversation? Um, I mean, other than just being brave enough and bold enough to stay in the, the arena, to, to step into the arena, you know, do it. Just, just don't, don't be afraid of what other people think or, or, you know, don't let others define how that, how you should be behaving in the arena or what, what success looks like, what the qualifications are. That's not for anybody else to decide. That's only for you to decide. And so, um, you know, find your arena get in there, do your thing, do your best, give it your all. So you have no regrets. Right. And just, um, just do and, and, and relax, relax into it. You know, we're supposed to enjoy this ride, you know? Ah, I love that. So, so much. Thank you so much for all of this wonderful insight and tips and mindset shifts and also your time. I appreciate it. And, uh, everybody who's listening, I will post Ashell's website in the copy below this episode, but you can also reach her at Ashell.com, correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Fantastic. And please go buy Moments That Matter. You won't regret it. It's a great gift. Um, and also like short little stories that can inspire you each and every day. Uh, until we meet again, y'all have a great, great, great day. Um, I'm Jenna Edwards. This is the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.